soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, this morning at 0300, we launched Operation Desert Storm. Now, you must be the thunder and lightning of Desert Storm. Welcome back to Operation Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm. My name is Jason Dias, and yes, believe it or not, even in the fall of 1990, big 80s hair bands like Alias were still making music. Not sure what happened to those guys, but I know exactly what happened to me on Thanksgiving 30 years ago. We are recording this show. You're probably not listening to it on Thanksgiving Day in the year of our Lord 2020. But because it was such a significant year in my life 30 years ago, as Operation Desert Shield was really heating up in November of 1990, for whatever reason, I remember exactly what happened on Thanksgiving Day in 1990. I had my Thanksgiving meal with my family at a friend of the family's house on Randolph Air Force Base. Uh, My parents were very, very dear friends with one Colonel Wright, who was the commander of Randolph Air Force Base. And as I've mentioned in Episode 1, by 1990, by November of 1990, um, I was simply disappointed with where I was in my life. And I think we've all felt that way at some point. Where were the supercomputers? Where were the flying cars? Where were all the great things that you know we thought might be here by now, circa 1990? Well, for the, for the Thanksgiving meal that year, it was my family and Colonel Wright's family, and I don't remember if it was his son or his daughter, but there were two um, young people at the table in addition to myself and my sisters that were at the table. My brother was in the Air Force by the, by this time. He wasn't with us that particular Thanksgiving. Um, I was uh, to catch people up. We've taken a bit of a break because, you know, everything going on with the election and everything else, it just felt like a good time to take a break. The, the story, my story with Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm is really going to speed up in December and, of course, going into January uh, when the war starts in 1991. I thought it was a good time to take a break, but now we're going to pick up the story of Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm starting with Thanksgiving in 1990. To catch everybody up, in November of 1990, I'm finishing my second full semester at San Antonio College, a community college that you've probably never heard of. I've already completed a three-year term of enlistment in the United States Army before going to college. I'm a little older than most of your average college freshmen, and I, at that time, in 1990, with almost a year of comparing a year of college to my time in the Army, there was no comparison. To this very day, I have not met professionals that I admire more than the men that I served with at Fort Ord, California. It is Thanksgiving Day. Like I said, you may not be listening to this. You won't be listening to this on Thanksgiving Day. I'm not posting it until the day after Thanksgiving. Um, But because it's Thanksgiving Day in 2020, I've heard from a lot of people on social media that I served with at Fort Ord. I, to this very day, 
have not met more professional men, and it was an infantry company, so it was all men. Uh, I've never met more professional guys than the gentleman I served with at the 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry, 7th Infantry Division, Light, Fort Ord, California, Light Fighters, 2nd Platoon, Alpha Company. I love you guys. I mean that word love exactly the way it sounds. But in 1990, I'm out of the active duty Army. I'm in a Texas National Guard unit that I can't stand. It does not rise to the level of professional soldiering that I've been accustomed to. And so if you haven't listened to all the episodes in Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm, for context, I will tell you that starting in, in 2001, which is the 30 years since Operation Desert Storm, I'm going to put all of these episodes on Podbean or Libsyn or something like that. If you want to hear all the episodes, you can go to eloquentonline.net and you can find them. You have to do a little bit of scrolling, but you can find them. Just just Google Operation Thunder and Lightning podcast and you and you can see all of the episodes about the, uh, the Gulf War, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. So we're back at Randolph Air Force Base on Thanksgiving Day, 1990. Um, I'm there, we're sitting around the table, and there are two young people sitting across from me. And, you know, just the course of conversation, I find out that both of them are in law school, and they're both working in some kind of apprentice, apprenticeship or, I don't know what you call it, uh, pages or whatever, internships, I guess is what it would be called, in the Texas state legislature, and they're talking about a transportation bill. And I think it had to do with toll roads or something like that. And I was the president of the San Antonio College Republicans. I think we had seven people in our club. It is literally the, the highest thing you can accomplish in the Republican Party at San Antonio College that nobody will ever know about. And so I just asked, I said, hey, so what what process is that bill in? I said, has it gone to conference committee yet? Because I was interested in that stuff. I was a history student. I was minoring in political science. And so I looked up and asked that question. I said, hey, how far along is that bill? I don't remember if these two were Republicans or Democrats. What I do remember is when I asked that question, the two of them both looked at me as though I had just jumped up on the table and started performing a um, rather inhumane sexual act with the turkey that was sitting in the middle of the table. They looked at me like, who do you think you are asking us a question? You're just a voter. You're just a citizen. What do you know about the legislative process? I can feel the contempt in their looks and in their words 30 years later. They totally dismissed me. I guess we would use the word they, they totally dissed me. And because I was a guest, had, had we been at my parents' house, I would have got up and punched the guy in the face and dragged him out of my parents' home and tossed him out onto the cul-de-sac. But because we were guests, I just, right? And then I remember a colonel Wright saying, hey, let's not talk politics at the table. Okay, whatever. I will tell you that single incident convinced me 
that I did not want to be in college anymore. In those days, there's no online registration. There's no such thing as online. No one's ever used that word. When you registered for classes at San Antonio College, you actually had to go pick up a bulletin, a schedule of classes, and then you had to show up at a certain time and a certain day based upon your last name and sign up for classes. I made the decision that very moment that I was going to re-enlist. I did not want to be in college. I wanted to get back in the Army. I wanted to be around people like my good buddies from 2nd Platoon, Alpha Company, 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry. I felt I had nothing in common with these civilians, and I, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with them. Thanksgiving in 1990 was a, was a waypoint. It was a turning point, but because of history and circumstances, Everything was about to change. If you listen to episode one, you'll know that in 1990, in addition to being a rather uh, unspectacular community college student at San Antonio College, by November of 1990, I had been reduced to working the same exact job I had had in high school. I was selling shoes at the mall at Endicott Johnson Shoe Store. That great three-year experience in the infantry, in the Army, at Fort Ord, it, it, to me, it didn't feel like it was paying off. Yes, I had the GI Bill. Yes, I was getting a few bucks every month uh, to go to college. But all that money was going to college. All that money was going to living expenses. I mean, every week was a struggle. Every week was writing a check on Thursday because I knew I was getting paid on Friday. And that experience, these two law students, I think they were probably in their early 20s, and, and, and I was, I think, 22 at the time. And I'm thinking, I've seen more of the world than you. I know more about leadership than you'll ever know. I'm tougher than you'll ever be to the guy. Like I said, had we been at my parents' house, I would have picked up the wine bottle and cracked it over his head and beat the living crap out of that dude and then dated his girlfriend. It was a turning point, an absolute turning point. As we get into the real buildup, the tempo is about to change with Operation Desert Shield. On Thanksgiving Day in 1990, as I mentioned in earlier episodes, I still believe there was absolutely no chance that my Texas National Guard unit that I described to people as a bunch of fat Mexicans, that's how I would talk about it. Like I said, I was guilty of a lot of condescension on my own end as a bunch of fat Mexicans with notable exceptions, like my good buddy Mike Alonzo and John Moya, the two guys that would be with me through the entire wartime experience. I just realized that I, I did not want any part of this civilian world, and I made the decision that very moment at the Thanksgiving table at Randolph Air Force Base that I would not sign up for classes for the spring semester of 1991, and I didn't. I thought I'll just continue working at the shoe store until I can get back 
into the active duty army. And if I'm lucky, I'll get back in time to be a part of what we all thought by November was going to be possibly a war. Having served for three years in the regular army, like I've, like I've mentioned before, it's like, it's like practicing all the time. It's like practicing for three years, like being on a football team. But all you do is practice for three years. You never get to play in the big game. By Thanksgiving of 1990, people are beginning to think that there's going to be a big game. There's going to be a showdown in the Middle East. And, as I said in the first episode, the media narrative in November of 1990 has not changed. The media narrative is that America can't win this war. Its soldiers are too inexperienced. They're too young. Iraq has been fighting for eight years against another worthless army, the army of Iran. And as I said in episode one, I didn't believe any of it. Thirty years later, the same fake media sources that were so wrong in 1990 and 1991, one of my greatest disappointments is that we, we didn't cast those people aside. We continued to look to them as experts, guys like Dan Rather and Sam Donaldson and all the people you saw on CNN, Wolf Blitzer, all those clowns. But because they had the right haircut and looked good on TV, to this very day, we hold those people in esteem, and they've never been right about anything. There were so many things happening in the fall of 1990 as we headed into the Christmas season of 1990 that I felt it absolutely necessary to run back to the life that I really loved, the life of the Army of being in an active duty military lifestyle. What I didn't know, what I didn't know, is that on Thanksgiving Day in 1990, in two weeks, I would get a phone call left on my answering machine, and we'll have to give the millennials and the Gen Zers a moment to look up and Google what an answering machine is. What I didn't know is in two weeks, I would get a message on my answering machine that would really change the trajectory of my life. And in less than a month, I would go from a place of just, just feeling despair, like where is my life going? What is this all about? What were those three years in the Army all about? Why did I do that? It's not paying off. That message and what would happen next would absolutely change the trajectory of my life for the better. And I would never look back after that. And so, in the season of Thanksgiving, I just want to send a quick shout-out to all my boys in 2nd Battalion, Alpha Company, 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry, Cold Steel. 30 years later, I am thankful for the juxtaposition of men like you and the wimp across the table that looked down his nose at me. 
I don't know where he is now, but I know 30 years later on Thanksgiving, he's not reaching out and responding to messages from his infantry buds because he doesn't know what that's like. If you never served, you'll never know. And if you did, you'll never forget. Going forward, this story, Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm, is about to pick up speed. It's about to pick up some pace. And it's going to culminate for me in the coastal Saudi Arabian city of Kafji in early February 1991 when I lived out my lifelong dream of being in a shooting war. But a lot's going to happen between now and then. So join us next time on Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm Podcast. My name is Jason Dias, and we'll talk to you soon.